Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. As a family, we did something cultured this week. Oh, yeah? What'd you do? We went to the museum. The museum? Yeah, the Kummer Museum. Wow. And we went with a few other families from Harvest, and it was good. I hadn't been in several years. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the paintings caught my attention. It was by a German artist from the 1600s. His name, I'm going to butcher his name. I'll get three-fourths of it right. Okay. Carl. Got it. <laughs> Boromaeus. Boromaeus or Boromaeus or B-O-R-R-O-M-A-U-S with two dots over the A. Umlauts. I don't know if they're called Something umlauts, like but I like, I like calling them umlauts. Andreas. Ruthart, R-U-T-H-A-R-T. Like many artists, Ruthart visited Italy to study classical and Renaissance art. He further trained in Antwerp, where he mastered the Flemish tradition of animal painting. And then this particular, that's that was from the little card on the wall beside the painting itself. The name of the painting is David Called from His Flock. Ooh. Yeah. The painting pictures David with some animals. And the, really the, the focus is on the animals. And in the background is someone coming to get David mm. to bring him back mm-hmm. so that Samuel the prophet can look at him to see if he's the anointed. Remember right. that story? Yeah. yeah All yeah, the yeah. other brothers were brought before Samuel and they thought, surely it's not. He's out in the field, so we don't have to worry about him. He's the little brother. Yeah. Every brother that was brought, Samuel was like, oh, this must be the one. Right. Right. But God's like, no, that's not the one. No, you're and he ran out of sons way. to look at. He's like, right. what's going on here? You Don't you have any more boys? Yeah, but it's just David. He's out in the field. Go get him. So this is the guy coming to get him mm-hmm. in this painting. And David's attending to the flocks with a harp. And look at his little hat. You guys got to Google yeah. this. It, it, it's Yeah, <laughs> Google it. It's always fascinating to me how these artists did these biblical scenes, but they they made it so relevant to their times. It was as if the only thing they knew was their life now. So it right. must they, never have been different. Biblical characters must dress like us. Yes. Play a harp that looks like a harp we would use today. Yes. Yeah. It's an interesting piece. But a great story from 1 Samuel 16. And the point of the story, of course, is the, the boys that seemed the most likely candidates to be the next king of Israel were not the ones chosen. Mm-hmm. It said it was David. And that was to apparently everyone's surprise, including the prophet. Yeah. David? You choose David? And in verse 7, we have this wonderful statement. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. Think about that. What was Saul known for? He was taller than everyone at the, from the shoulder up. He was taller than any man. Yeah. And so I think Samuel was, well, you're going to pick up another tall guy, right? Right. It was as if Saul was chosen. To please the people. Mm -hmm. David was chosen to please God. Right. I don't know what it is about height, but there's something about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been a lot of research and sociological studies come out about height and and pinnacles of success. And there's an abnormally large number of like Fortune 500 CEOs that are very tall Mm -hmm. and or handsome, very short. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's easy for us to understand the taller thing. For whatever reason, in most cultures, height is considered an advantage, and we tend to give leadership 
over to people who are taller for whatever reason. It, they have more confidence, etc. So verse 7, 1 Samuel 16, for the context, Samuel arrives on the scene at the house of Jesse, knowing that the Lord's going to reveal to him the next king. And it says in verse 6, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, verse 7, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Samuel looks at each one of these other brothers. No, the Lord says no, repeatedly no. There's no more boys. Is this all your boys? No, there's one out in the field. Go get him. So they go and get him, which is depicted in this painting from the 17th mm-hmm. century that I make reference to at the start. He comes back, and the Lord says to Samuel, this is the one. Of course, the point being, God doesn't look at the things, things the way we do. Right. Isaiah the prophet tells us this later in the Old Testament. He says, my ways are not your ways, nor my thoughts, your thoughts. Mm-hmm. A lot of our Christian journey and our sanctification is the renewing of our mind. Right to become like the mind of Christ because we don't think the way God thinks naturally. We have to have supernatural intervention. We have to have retraining of our minds, renewal of our mind to think the way God thinks. Mankind prizes pride. Mm-hmm. God prizes humility. Yeah. I mean, we could just go on and on with all the things the way we tend to think, and it's the opposite of the way God thinks. It's better to give than to receive. Yeah. Right? A, ser- a great leader is the best servant. Yeah. Yeah. God's ways flip everything upside down. Yeah. You think about the worldly values. Exactly. And so here we have a case in where God is choosing leadership, and he's saying, I'm doing it my way, not your way. Your way would be looking for someone who's impressive looking. Mm -hmm. In this case, someone who's tall and handsome, which would have described the king they had. Yeah. He gave them what they wanted, Saul, Mm -hmm. and he was a failure as a king. Now, I'm going to pick out a guy who's my kind of king. Yeah. And you're looking at the wrong things. And what's interesting, I mean, this— literally just popped in my head when Samuel came to anoint the kings. Remember, neither kings were there. When he came to anoint Saul, where was it? He was hiding. And when he came to anoint David, David was out working. And just kind of one of those other ideas where I'm thinking, look, here's a man who's after God's own heart, and he's out, out working, doing what he's, his, he's expected to do well. Saul, the man everyone would have chosen, is hiding away. There's so many things we could go into with this in terms of what was David's heart like that it was attractive to the Lord to choose him because mm-hmm. he's looking at his heart, implying there was something there in his heart. Right. But here's, before we close on this, here's what I'd like to point out and like for us to think about. When it comes to choosing leaders, even in our country, how much of it is based on image mm-hmm. versus the character? What's their heart like? Think of this as believers in, in terms of, you know, my vote might be one of almost a couple hundred million votes for president, so my voice may not be very loud there. But in the setting of a local church, my voice has a lot more weight, and, and that would be true of our listeners as well. When you think about helping choose leadership in your church, if you're about to hire a, a pastor of students or if you're looking for your next pastor in your church without a pastor, what, are you looking for an image, something that the world would look at and go, oh, wow, mm-hmm. that guy's impressive? Or are you looking at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. We're in an image-driven society. Think about this. It used to be when social media started, 
the most popular platform was Facebook, where you would post pictures, videos, or statements. And then Twitter became kind of the thing, which was mostly little, little, little short statements. And then the youngest generation now, it's Instagram that became the most popular. And it's not about saying anything. It's all about the picture. Image-driven. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming out and saying how unhealthy it is for teenagers that they use Instagram so much and compare themselves to one another. It's image-driven. Yeah. It's the outward appearance that matters. Yeah. It's still a problem today, just as it was in the Old Testament, that we're driven by what does a person look like on the outside when God's saying, I'm looking at the heart. Right. This speaks to us today. Who are we going to follow? We're going to follow someone that looks good? Mm -hmm. Or are we going to follow someone their heart's in the right place? Right. Where's your heart? If you're enjoying this podcast, please share with your friends. Thanks. The music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.